Oh boy, today's podcast was a doozy. We talk about, I got to go to my notes, where do I find my ideal customers? Who is your customer? Where do they hang out? How to validate that they hang out there? Plus, how I found all my best customers sitting in first class on an airplane and the accidental million dollars that I found of business completely unintentional and how you can use it too with a new behind the scenes look at the studio because I added up this like behind the scenes camera if you're watching this. If you're listening, you don't know what I'm talking about, so you should go find the video. I think it's on YouTube. But either way, I'm going to stop blabbing out. Let's get into the episode and cue the intro now. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the show. This is the first new Monday show. I'm not going to call it Monday Minute. It's just the first new Monday show. And the biggest struggle I'm having with today's show is I have so much to share, but I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it to like 30 minutes. That's my goal. I have a timer in front of me. I'm in the new studio. I'm going to show you some of that in a minute. But before I even get into that story, I decided that I'm going to do these episodes as a combination of Mondays and Wednesdays. So if you're a previous subscriber of the show, you knew that Monday was Monday Minute. It was like five minutes about setting your mind right, giving you intention, giving you a focus. And then Wednesdays was like strategies and tactics, steps to follow, big ideas, little ideas, easy to implement stuff. And so I'm going to combine them together. So what I'm going to do at the beginning of every one of these episodes, I'm going to give you something to think about. I'm going to give you my thoughts, maybe a quote a tweetable, a focus or something. And I'm going to have it directly correlate most of the time into what we're talking about on the episode. And so on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how you find your ideal customers, how you find your ideal customers. And so in front of me, if you're listening to this, I'm on video as well. Um, I'll show you some of that because I'm in the new studio. I have a new behind the scenes camera I set up too, which is actually pretty cool. But I have this plaque and this plaque that's in front of me Uh, hangs on the wall in my office. And I actually have three of them. And on this plaque goes the name of every single mastermind member that I've ever had that was voted on by their peers of making a difference in the world. And so in front of me, I have this plaque. If you're watching this on video, here's the plaque itself. It's a big plaque. You can see my lighting in it. And at our event, in our mastermind, we do a couple events a year. And in our in-person event, we always vote. And we vote on three rules. And these are the same three rules that you've heard me talk about over and over again. Rule number one is you're 100% committed to yourself. Rule number two is you're 100% committed to everybody else in the group. And rule number three, you're 100% committed to a charitable organization with either time, money, or energy. And so we we vote as a group. And when we vote on these rules, everybody submits them. And then when you get voted on on rule number three, i.e. making a difference in the world in your charity with your time, with your donations, your name goes up on this plaque. And this plaque stays in my office. And I have every single plaque and every name of every mastermind member that I've ever had uh, who was voted on on this plaque. And they get a copy, like they get a small plaque. And then this plaque stays in my office as a reminder of the work that we do. But the quote on this plaque is what I really want to share. And so I'm going to read you this quote. This quote 
I don't remember where I found it. I mashed some quotes together, but this is the quote I put on here. And it's the quote that I want you to think about today, tomorrow, this week. And of course, it's about lighthouses. Ready? A lighthouse is not interested in who gets its light. It just gives it without thinking. Giving light is its nature. Let me say that again. A lighthouse is not interested in who gets its light. It just gives it without thinking. Giving light is its nature. And this is a really, really powerful quote for me. Um, It reminds me to be consistent. It reminds me to be congruent. It reminds me to keep playing the game unattached to the outcome. Some call it delayed gratification. Some call it just serving and unattached the outcome. It's really about running your best race and doing your best every single day. But what's so important about that message is that as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as human beings in your community, in your family, and in your life, you are a source of light. And you either recognize it or you don't. But the faster you recognize it, the faster you recognize the power in your light. The intention that your light gives off to the world. The results that it creates. How people are magnetized to your gift and you sharing it. And our jobs are to be a lighthouse. And we can't control every boat that comes ashore. We can't control who turns in or turns out. That's up to them. But our job is to remain that constant and consistent source of safety and light. And so that's one of my favorite quotes A lighthouse is not interested in who gets its light. It just gives it without thinking. Giving light is its nature. And I look at entrepreneurs as people that give light. I look at business owners as people that give light. We put out these beacons of light into the world and we guide people home. We say, this is the path. This is how to get here. We have a solution for you. We have a community for you. We have a service for you. We have a product for you. And it's in our job to continue to do that. And there's going to be people that take it And then don't do it. There's going to be people that come and leave. There's going to be people that pass by even though we know we need it. But our job is to remain constant and consistent unattached to the outcome. And that quote is how I want to start today's episode. And so that's my quote. Now, before we get into the episode about how do I find my ideal customers, if you're watching this on video, I'm so overly excited right now because I set up this behind the scenes camera. So I just switched to it right now. So you can see that what you see on video doesn't actually look like everything else. But I'm playing with this and I was like, oh, it would be so cool to have a behind the scenes camera. And I realized I had a camera laying around. And so you see my setup, my lights, my camera, my everything. Um, I'm just like really excited. So that's the behind the scenes camera. I'll cut to it occasionally just for fun or if I'm, you know, doing big dancing gestures. But, you know, something was coming up for me today because I'm recording this episode right now on Friday. This episode goes up on Monday and I literally, I don't like batching content. I really, really don't like batching content. I like making content. I like recording, sharing, designing, teaching from the hip, like what's happening in the business, what's happening in the world, what's happening in the market. And so (laughs) I'm like, every one of these episodes is going to be like this because this is how they are. Like, I don't want them to be like, oh, I recorded this and eight months later it goes up. Like (laughs) my team's going to be mad at me because they've been waiting for this episode, but I'm recording this episode today and it goes up and publishes for you to listen to in 48 hours from now. And so that's where we are today. So With all that being said, I'm going to take a sip of my LaCroix, which this podcast is not sponsored by LaCroix. It's not sponsored by anybody but me, but if they wanted to send me more, I'm addicted to the limoncello flavor if you haven't tried it. I got my iPad in front of me. 
because I got some notes. So let's get into the meat. Where do I find my ideal customers? Where do I find my ideal customers? Well, that depends. It depends on a lot of variables, but I'm going to help break it down for you today. And it doesn't matter what phase of your business you're in, just starting out or massively successful. Our customers change. The market changes. The world changes. Our customers are pretty iterative and we have to be really, really plugged in. Uh, My buddy Larry Hagner calls this tactical empathy. And we have to implore it all the time to make sure that we're shining our light in the right direction. And so when we think about where do I find my ideal customer? Well, it depends. First, you have to ask yourself, like, who is your ideal customer? And not like I'm a soccer mom that drives a minivan, right? But like, who is your ideal customer? Some of the questions that you can ask yourself. Question number one, what do they want? What does your ideal customer want? What do they spend their time doing? What do they pay attention to? Even outside of your market or focus, what are some of the other things about this person that defines them? That's step one is you have to know your customer. And uh, my amazing copywriter, Alex, uh, who's been on the show, um, gave this exercise in this episode, and it's so, so powerful. But when you really want to sit down and understand your customer, like who is it? Once you get a clear picture, I want you to sit down and design a day in their life. Like literally, like on a piece of paper with time, like a day in the life, like every moment, like what time do they wake up? When they wake up, what do they do? Do they go for the morning pee or do they go for the cup of coffee? Do they stretch and meditate or do they go right for their phone? Like I want you to to the T, like 7 a.m., 7.04, 7.18. Like this is the breakfast they eat. They're always late. They always spill coffee on their shirt. Like I want you to take the time and design this day. This exercise is absolutely mind-blowing, by the way. But I want you to design a day in the life of your ideal customer. When do they pick the kids up? What kind of car do they drive? What do they listen to in the car? What are they thinking about when they're listening to it? What do they do at work? How many pee breaks they take, even though they don't have to pee? Like how many breaks? Like I want you to really put yourself in the shoes of your ideal customer. And so when you're asking yourself, who is your customer? You want to embody that customer. Like you want to be in their life. Like if you took a pair of glasses and put them on, I want those glasses to be the lens of their life. I want you to see what they see. I want you to feel what they feel. I want you to do what they do. I want you to eat what they eat. And yes, you can talk about food and still sell business and marketing. You find common ground. And so when you think about who is your customer, I want you to do this. So ask yourself these questions like, what do they want? What do they spend their time doing? And what do they pay attention to? What shows do they watch? What are they watching on Netflix? You know, what books are they reading? The more information, like the more embodied you can be about who that customer is, the faster you have all the information you need to identify how do you find your ideal customer. So step number one is who is your customer? Step number two, which is a part of that exercise and then pulling some parts of that exercise is where do they hang out? Like where does your ideal customer hang out? Are they hanging out on LinkedIn? Do they listen to podcasts? Do they go to local meetups and farmer's markets? Do they hang out in Facebook groups? Do they hang out on in-person events? Do they hang out on virtual events? Do they not use social media? Do they read magazines? Like where do your ideal customers hang out? Now, of course, in order to know where your ideal customers hang out, you have to know who your ideal customer is, right? That's why step one is know who your ideal customer is. Step two 
is know where your ideal customers hang out and be specific. Like, are they hanging out at the train station or do they get a cup of coffee at Starbucks and sit there for an hour? But the reason I say this is because you're not going to know where to find them until you think about all the avenues and possibilities about where they where they hang out, right? So depends on what side of my business that you go to. But like for you listening to this podcast, I would venture to say that I'm not the only podcast that you listen to. And I love that. But that means that I know that some of my ideal customers are podcast listeners. And so that means if I go on other podcasts, I have a likelihood of finding my ideal customer on those podcasts. But you have to ask yourself, where do your ideal customers hang out? Are they shopping on Etsy? Are they playing around on Pinterest? Are they on a social media app that nobody else uses? Are they on Reddit? Do they invest in Bitcoin? Like you have to do the time and figure this out. And once you figure it out, you have the second ingredient needed. So when we think about where do I find my ideal customer? Step number one, you have to identify who they are, right? So who is your customer? Step number two is you have to basically identify all the places where they hang out, right? You have to make a hypothesis. Like, I think they're here. I think they're here. I think they're here, right? That's step number two. Step number three is you actually have to validate that that's where they hang out. You have to validate that that's where they hang out. So for example, I know, well, I know now, but let's say I assumed or I made this hypothesis, my ideal customers hang out on marketing podcasts. I think that my ideal customers listen to other marketing podcasts and business podcasts. And I'm like, oh, that would be a pretty safe assumption, right? So let me start. Well, I personally have been interviewed on over 1,500 podcasts. I get less people from a marketing podcast than I do from like mindset, uh, you know, business theory, uh, and even some personal development ones, right? Because I tend to talk about a lot of those different things. I found that a lot of people that just hang out and just listen to marketing podcasts don't like what I share because I don't share just strategies and tactics, And so step number three is that you have to validate that that's where your ideal customer actually hangs out. And so this is where like, actually, if you're watching this on video, I just rolled up my sleeves. It's really funny how my brain works. I was foreshadowing what I was going to say. This is where you have to roll up your sleeves and you have to go be in a relationship with people so you can get inputs and feedback that that's where your ideal customer is or wants to be or that they hang out there, right? So you have to interact with these people in different areas. And so let's say they hang out in Facebook groups. You go in there and you actually engage with them. You comment on their posts. You ask them questions. You engage on their posts. You're not selling your stuff. You're finding out information about these people and seeing if they're your ideal customer, right? You get to know them. You ask them questions, You see if there's anything you can do to support them. You get on a call if you can. You support them organically. But if it goes beyond your container of set helping for free, of course, they can become a paid customer. Like that's the ultimate dream of this. Like, God, you know, I think all my customers hang out in uh, mom's groups for, you know, body weight workouts on Saturday mornings. And you're in a few of them and you're engaging and they're all DMing you. Like, I really want your help. And you're actually getting DMs so much you have to like charge. Great. You found your ideal customer, charge money and there you go, right? But the inverse of that is that when you validate where they are, you might think like, God, all my moms are hanging out in that group. It's for this and boom, boom, boom. And you start interacting and engaging and they are potentially your ideal customer or not yet. They're not willing to invest in a meal plan, 
or nutrition or accountability. Like maybe they're in that group, but their needs are fully met. And what you have to offer isn't a pain point for them. And then you're like, all right, cool. Well, these people aren't actually it. Let me go to the next one. Let me find the the health and fitness group for public speakers or uh, entrepreneurs who don't have time to work out and then start there. But you have to get feedback, right? Your ideas are great, but until you put your idea into the world to get feedback, you don't really know what it can look like. You can spend all day designing like, this is who my customer is, this is how I support them, this is my offer, this is boom. And if you do that behind closed doors, you're going to have this illusion that this is it, this is it, this is nailed it. And then you launch it and you're sad because you don't get it validated. It doesn't take off like you think it does. And then you're left frustrated and resentful where if you get really clear and in the part of your process of making this, you go validate it and you go find these people, then you go out there and you go engage with them. And like, here's the thing. I literally am like, oh, my ideal client hangs out on Facebook in my Facebook group. A lot of them don't. A lot of them refer people who add me as a friend. And then when they add me as a friend and I send them a video message, they become my ideal client. And it's really interesting on how they all go out. But you have to validate that they hang out there. And so you have to build these relationships. You have to show up consistently. You have to put some content out there. You have to engage and you have to test the market. You have to test the market. Think about it like you're walking through the mall of like the 1990s and they're handing out orange chicken, right? What they're really doing is validating whether you're a customer or not. Because if you walk by and take the sample, then you have the potential of becoming a customer. So normally once you took the sample, then they had a conversation. Oh, do you want more? Here's boom. But if you walked by and didn't take the sample, they didn't chase you down and try to convince you and then build their whole marketing about people who refuse our samples that we try to convince to buy our orange chicken. No, they validated the offer. They were getting your attention. They were doing it. And this is what you must do. And so like, what does that tangibly look like? So one example for me, one example for me is I have been in a lot of Facebook groups. I get added to them all the time. I mean, more than I more than I count. And here's my PSA. Here's my disclaimer. My disclaimer. Please stop adding people to Facebook groups without their permission. Like pretty, 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 pretty please. That would be absolutely amazing. I would love that. Um, but Facebook groups. Facebook groups are an awesome place. And what I didn't know is I joined a mastermind. Um, and a mastermind pretty much like mine pretty much like mine. And I joined this group and naturally I just started engaging in the group because I was paying to be in this mastermind. So I'm engaging in the group. I'm engaging in the group. I'm engaging in the group. And I'm like engaging, engaging, engaging. And then I'm engaging and I'm offering advice and offering feedback. And I start getting DM'd all the time. Like, oh my God, I want to work with you. I want to work with you. And I was like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't play daddy games. I don't play mommy daddy games. So I actually reached out to the mastermind owner. I was like, hey, listen, like I'm not doing this. Like boom, boom, boom. They're like, actually, no, I don't want to run this mastermind anymore. You know, boom, boom, boom. And they're like, take them. And I ended up by just showing up in this group as a student um, and adding value, found a lot of mastermind members and the timing was impeccable that I did not think that was going to happen. Like I was kind of accidentally put into that place and into that spot and I established these relationships and then eventually they turned into customers and I launched a mastermind because of it. I completely launched a mastermind because of it. And so that happens. It happens all the time. Another one for me is uh, public speaking. Now, I love speaking, but I don't advertise myself as a speaker. 
at all. But I tell all my friends, hey, if you do an event, if I can add value in any way, if I can add value in any way, shape or form, please let me come. Like you don't have to pay me. Like I love speaking. I love answering questions. I love engaging with people. And so I'll never forget this. I had a coffee meeting with one of my buddies and he was like doing this. And I was like, yeah, do this. This is what I would do. And he's like, hey, do you want to come to my event? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. I was like, just buy me a hotel room, you know, cover my travel. And he's like, okay. And so I go to this event. I'm not selling from stage. I don't have an offer. I don't have a booth. I don't have any of it. None of it. I'm like, I literally am here to serve people's faces off. And I was like, I just want to help. And of course, I'm like, okay, there's 800 people here. Some of them are potentially my audience, but I just said yes. Like I say yes to all these opportunities because I love them. But here's what happened. I ended up giving this keynote and because I wasn't selling, I was literally doing a Q&A the whole time. Uh, I ended up closing multiple seven figures of business from this event over the course of a year. And all I did was answer questions. I'm like, guys, when I'm done, if I can answer your questions anyway, you know, just come find me in the hallway. And I answer questions for like 10 hours. But all I was doing was adding value. And here's what's nuts. I didn't think that this was my audience. I literally went because I was like, yeah, if it can add value. But like, if you looked at me on paper and like, George, you want to come, boom, boom, boom. I would have never in a million years thought that this was my audience. I literally, it was a kind of niche down. Most of the principles I teach didn't apply. It wasn't for that type of business and it ended up becoming it. And it showed me a part of a market where I had an ideal customer that I didn't know was an ideal customer that I wouldn't have gotten without that feedback. And so I show up, I give this keynote, I answered all these questions. I ended up building seven figures of revenue just off that talk, but it actually expanded my entire outlook of who my ideal audience was and a pain point and a possibility that I never would have thought of, nor would I have known where to find those people. So those people were all Amazon sellers. And I was talking about e-commerce businesses, customer journeys, email marketing, social media marketing. And this audience was doing a lot of advertising on Amazon where you can't do a lot of those things. But what it introduced to me was this pain point of Amazon companies that didn't want to be on Amazon anymore. So then I got to shift and I had this whole consulting arm of my business of helping Amazon customers build a brand and presence the right way off of Amazon. And I only got that because I validated, I validated that offer kind of accidentally. But if you think about all the times you intentionally do it, what would that look like? Well, if you're like, God, my ideal audience, there are these people, they listen to these podcasts let me go get on a couple of those podcasts and you go reach out and you're like, God, I'd love to come on your show. I'd love to add value, you get interviewed and you have an easy call to action, like shoot me a DM or, you know, send me an email and you go on the show. There's a hundred people who listen and six people DM you. Great. If you go on the show, a hundred people listen, a hundred people DM you. Great. If you go on the show and a hundred people listen and no one DMs you. Great. Keep going give yourself a control, but go on five, 10 episodes of the same caliber, talk consistently about the same thing, have the same call to action. And if it doesn't work or you're not getting any feedback, well, you know that that isn't potentially where your ideal customer hangs out and you make an adjustment. Or if you do know, you double down on it. And so those are just some examples, right? Another one, actually, I'll give you one more because this is my favorite one. I'll give you another one. When I started consulting on business and marketing, so when I started consulting on ethically scaling your business, right, through customer journey, email marketing, Facebook ads, 
I was literally like, oh, marketing companies, boom, 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 boom. And I'm finding them. But I got invited to an event I used to go to as a food blogger, right? I'm not speaking. I'm just an attendee. It was Expo West, right? So there's like 5,000 brands there, but they're all food brands. They're all natural food brands, right? You know, companies, you know, like Vital Proteins or Bubs Naturals or, um, you know, uh, Mark's Daily Apple or, you know, any big food companies. LaCroix is there, you know, Stonehill, like all these food companies, like the biggest CPG consumer packaged good food companies in the world are at this event. And so I'm going to see all of my friends because I was a food blogger for a good, I don't know, seven years at this point. And so I'm going and I'd only been consulting for maybe six months, but I was good. My pipeline was full and everything. And so I start walking around and seeing all my friends and all my friends are people that I used to be an affiliate for, right? Like they'd send me their product, I'd promote it. I do it. And they're all like, what are you up to now? And I'm like, oh, I'm consulting. They're like, I have that problem. And then literally the next two years of my life was spent just consulting health food companies on how to build and scale a customer journey. Another one is you go to an event as an attendee and I've gone to the quote unquote, your one funnel away event. And I just sit in the audience. I network with people. I ask them questions. I ask them what they're doing, why they're there, what they're looking to learn. And if I can add value in any way, I do. I'll ask them what they're doing. I'll get their contact info. Like I'll genuinely try to support them and I'll just build a relationship and a friendship. And then they end up working with me or they end up in my mastermind. Some of them have ended up as business partners, but I'm constantly out there testing my offer in the water and in relationships. I do it via DM. I do it at events. I do it at the coffee shop. I've, I've literally, before I move on to the next point, my favorite one is three of my best clients have come from airplanes. No joke. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Not gonna lie. I got to consult a professional MVA team, the CEO of Playboy, and the CEO of one of the largest apparel and shoe companies in the world because they sat next to me on an airplane. No joke. No joke. One of them, I was flying home from Ireland sitting in the front of the plane, sat next to me. And whether he liked it or not, I was going to ask him questions, which I did because I'm pretty forthcoming. I'm just getting to know people. I'm like, hey, what do you do? And I'm not like, hey, this is what I do. I'm like, what do you do? What do you do? Tell me about this. Oh my God, why are you seven feet tall? Like, what's this? It must be basketball. I'm not even a sports fan, but like, what do you do? And it turns into a conversation. Another one like, hey, it's so good to meet you. Like, that's an amazing book. What are you reading? And I just try to talk to people and engage with people. And I actually got three of my best ever stories, case studies, and consulting clients because they simply <laughs> made the mistake of booking the seat on the airplane next to me. And I don't say that, you know, seriously, like I'm completely joking. I feel like it's fun to sit next to me. But those are opportunities where I'm like, God, I never thought that my ideal client would be hanging out on airplanes. And my wife's like, no matter what, wherever you fly, fly first class because you always meet somebody. And I meet, I've met somebody, I met somebody who is a... Uh, he founded a plumbing parts company. So you remember the shower, like in your shower, the drain on the bottom of your shower? Well, they customized those. Well, he basically started the first company that did that. So I ended up sitting next to this guy who was worth like $3 billion because he did that. And I had no value to Adam. We just talked and talked, but I got his contact info. We stayed in touch. But I was like, wow, I never would have thought. And so you have to take your offer, take your expertise, and you have to go put it into the world. You have to validate it and test it. And so step number one is you have to know who your ideal customer is. Step number two is you have to figure out or make some hypotheses, 
Is that right? Hypotheses of where they hang out. And step number three is you have to validate that they actually hang out there. And what you might find in that treasure trove is pockets where they hung out you didn't think about, spots where you thought they hung out that didn't really, but it will give you the information and the feedback required to adjust what you have to do. Now, the magic key, because there is a magic key to this all working. The magic key that makes absolutely all of this work is you have to know what you're going to do with your customer's attention or potential customer's attention when you have it. And so if you get your customer's attention without a clear next step, you've wasted their time. You've wasted their time, completely wasted their time. And so you have to have a clear design journey or next step that people can take with you and your brand regardless of where you capture their attention. And you're like, well, what does that mean? I'm like, that could just mean that you get their phone number and you have a process to intentionally follow up with them two to three times via text. It could mean that you get their phone number to schedule a call to support them. It could mean that you get their information and give them an email that delivers on what it is that you promised. It's your job to know what's on your menu. And then it's your job to help give them what's on your menu in the most effective way for them. And so I'll give you a tangible example. When I meet people on an airplane, I actually can't text them on the airplane unless the Wi-Fi is really good, right? But I normally always meet people on an airplane and I'll get some part of their information. And I literally do this every single time. Like, hey, oh my God, it was so great. I'm like, I'll make this really easy for you. When we land, I'm going to send you a picture of my face (laughs) with my contact info. And then I would love to schedule a call to see how I can support you anymore. And so would you respond with like how to book your assistant, your account link? And they're like, yeah, cool. So I always send that text. But I also set a reminder in my phone for seven days later to follow up if I haven't heard back. And I'm like, hey, man, I don't think the text went through. The airport Wi-Fi is all craziness, but like, I would love to get on that call. How are you? How has it been? How was the blank event that you went to? How was the seeing your family after being home for seven days? And I personalize it. And then they'll normally respond. I've actually never had anyone not respond. And so then we get on the call. And then when we're on the call, I really clearly know on the call if I'm going to be able to support them. So if we get on a call, I'm like, God, I can support them. Well, it's easy. It's really clear. I have a course for you. I recommend my podcast for you. Here's an asset for you or I'll hire you consulting. And if I can't, I'm like, who do I know that I can introduce them to? And I'm like, God, I can't help them, but I know so-and-so. Let me introduce them to my copywriter, Alex. So let me introduce them to my friend who runs this. And so then I'll make the introduction and then I'll set a reminder in my phone seven days later to follow up like, hey, made the introduction, make sure they're both good. But if you hoard attention and do nothing with it, it wastes your time and it wastes their time. And so the most important thing for making this work, the most important thing of answering the quote unquote, my air quote question of where do I find my ideal customers is once you know who they are, where they hang out and you validate that they hang out there, you have to know if you get that attention and when you get that attention, What is the next step that you're going to do with it? You can automate it. You can do it manually. But the worst thing you can do is collect quote unquote business cards that you do nothing with. You can collect contacts that you do nothing with. You can collect emails that you do nothing with, but none of them are going to do you or them any good. And you have to think about the receiving end. When you meet somebody and they get excited and you get them excited. And you're like, yeah, and you give them their contact card and they don't hear from you for three months until you're like, oh my God, I forgot. That doesn't make them feel good. 
it's not going to be a positive thing. But when you have a plan, you're like, God, yeah, every time I get somebody's number, I'm going to send them this. And then I'm boom. Then you're having an accurate picture of like, if this is a good person, you know, like a good, a good customer, you know that your process is dialed. If it doesn't work, they weren't a customer in the first place, but you're committed to doing something with that attention because you took the time to capture it. And so as the lighthouse analogy states, when you capture it, there has to be another beam of light and another beam of light and another beam of light guiding them home to safety. It doesn't do a boat any good when it's out stuck in the middle of storm that it sees the light once and then the light disappears. That doesn't help them. So the key to making all of this work is that there's always a clear next step with what you do and you're not hoarding attention. So I need to take a sip of my LaCroix. We just hit the 30 minute mark, which means I have to wrap. I could go on with this forever, but you have to send me a DM on Instagram. Send me a DM on Instagram. It's George Bryant. How long should these Monday episodes should be? Should they be 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, or do you not care as long as they're adding value? I, I genuinely want to know. So please send me a DM. Please send me a DM. So here's what I want you to do. I'm going to challenge you to do this. I don't care what level of business that you're on, but I have a, a tangible call to action for you because no matter what, you're going to gain clarity, insight, attention, or a potential customer out of this. Okay. So step number one is you need to make sure you know what to do with attention before you get it. So where are you sending people? What is your compelling offer that brings them into your world? And listen, your compelling offer could just be a phone call with you for 15 minutes. That's fine. But you have to be aware. You have to be aware of what you're going to do with that attention before you get it. You have to be. And you have to know what the offer is. That's step number one. Step number two is list three Facebook groups or any other location that your ideal customers could potentially be hanging out in. Just list them, right? None of, no, if you're listening to this and you're like, I have all the customers I need, great. If you're like, God, I could always use more customers. I would love to have more and more of the right customers. Great, then do this. List three places, three Facebook groups, three podcasts that you could go on, three virtual events. I don't care what it is. List three of those places that your ideal customers could potentially be hanging out in, okay? The next step, list three connections in your network who you can text or you can call or you can email and ask for an introduction to your ideal customer. Could be previous clients, could be friends, could be your best friend that runs a gym that you've just always forgotten to ask to speak to their gym members about nutrition and fitness. I want you to list three connections. Take the time and do this. List three people who you have a relationship with that are in your network who you can text or call or email and ask for an introduction to your ideal customer. It could be one-on-one, one to a group, a call, a live stream, a podcast interview. I want you to list them. And then the fourth part is I want you to go. I want you to shine your light. I want you to shine it bright. I want you to lean in to those people and those groups that you listed. I want you to show up in those relationships. Get connected. See opportunity to start showing up for the way you're showing up there. So get into the group. Add value. Answer questions. Get on calls with those introductions that you have. Know what you're going to do with that attention and then rinse and repeat this process while getting the feedback and making it all work. So I'm pretty proud of myself because it's 34 minutes. I really wanted to talk for like two hours today, uh, but I have to go make dinner for the family. That, that, and I talked really fast today. That is how you find your ideal customer. 
So the answer is it depends, but you have to know who they are, where they hang out, validate that they hang out there. And then in the validation process, you always have to ensure that you have a next step for that attention, even if you're still building your offer. The next step could be to get on a call. So you can help further build your offer. The next step could be to have a follow-up sequence to make sure that that attention doesn't go to waste. But that is the magic that makes it all work. And your call to action is simple. Make sure you know what to do with the attention you have. List three places that they're hanging out. Ask a direct, three direct connections for access or introductions to your ideal client. And then lean in and execute. And I think to close, we should close with a quote that I opened with. And it's so applicable. A lighthouse is not interested in who gets its light. It just gives it without thinking. Giving light is its nature. So thank you for listening to another episode. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Uh, thank you for trusting me with your time and your earballs. If you have not left a review for this show, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could please leave a review. A review is how more people find this show and we are lacking in the review department compared to how many of you listen to this. And so if I've done anything to you for you, added value in any way, helped you in any way, if you could please take 60 seconds to 90 seconds of your time and go leave a review on whatever platform that you listen on, iTunes would be great. Whatever it is would be great. That would mean the absolute world to me. And remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. So I will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, I think it's time to cue the outro. Let's go. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.